Thanks, Jack. Welcome back to Little Hops of Horrors podcast. I am John. I'm your host today. Uh, and if you couldn't tell from the intro, we're going to do a well, pretty popular modern iconic uh, horror film here. We're going to be doing uh, Saw, the original, right? From 2004 by James Wan, uh, modern horror icon. Again, I guess I use that that term a lot, but I don't really know what else to, to use uh, for someone like that who's been so influential on the, uh, the modern horror scene. Um, you know, I feel like the, the torch has been kind of handed down from like, you know, the John Carpenter, the Wes Craven to, you know, now James Wan, you know, they have these iconic, you know, um, franchises now that, I mean, he's got a whole universe, <laughs> you know, he's got the conjuring universe, you know, there's, there's the Marvel universe for the Disney fans and, uh, superhero fans and us horror guys and gals, uh, we got James Wan. We got the Conjuring Universe. We got Annabelle. We got you know the Saw franchise. Like there's so many cool things this guy's brought to the table. So, yeah, uh, that's what we're doing today. Uh, believe it or not, I was actually really surprised that this was sitting so low on Rotten Tomatoes, only fifty percent. Uh, but Google users again, uh, they have my back. Eighty three percent and seven point six on IMDb. So Rotten Tomatoes, man, they, they still kind of confuse me sometimes. Uh, I don't really understand what their criteria is. Sometimes when it's like 95%, I love it. Sometimes when it's 100%, I'm like, I don't get it. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe I'm just not cool enough. But regardless, you had to have seen this movie, right? This was part of your, you know, if you're you're my age and you're mid-30s or whatever, this is one of these movies you watched in high school, you know, with your friends, you know, and it was like, oh, dude, can you believe Saw? You know, it's like one of those those kinds of movies that uh, will just kind of stick out for me in my childhood. And I, I'll be honest, I haven't really watched, I mean, after you get, you know, to the six, seven, eight, like I'm like, okay, <laughs> I get that franchise fatigue, um, which seems to be going around a lot right now, I hear. Uh, you know, it's turned into like the Fast and Furious saga. There's where it's Saw X already, you know, and we had jigsaw and we had spiral you know there's just all these offshoots of this franchise but uh i mean this is the one that kicked it off and we're gonna dive in a little bit here and, and talk about what we liked and didn't like about this movie what we're drinking today yingling lager yes that yingling lager i gotta keep it light today well and probably for the next couple weeks until little dude makes his appearance so we're gonna you know kind of tone it back probably me doing only two beers for a couple weeks here until he's here uh, but I have to be ready to sprint out the door at any any given moment. So, um, yeah. All right. So we're doing <laughs> we're doing Yingling Lager, four and a half percent, sitting at three point four nine on Untapped. Um, and the other beer we're going to do is Wee Heavy Ale, and that's what it's called. There's no other fancy name for it. It's a Scottish ale or a Wee Heavy Ale from Otto's Out of State College. Um, it's eight percent. Uh, and it's sitting at 3.82 on untap. So um, this is a style you don't see very often. And uh, when it's done well, it's, it's really enjoyable. Uh, it tends to be like a little, you know, well, we'll get there. <laughs> let me let me open it first. So I, I will admit I did open my yingling already. So, man, that's just a good go-to. I used to work at a lumberyard probably like 15 years ago. 12 years ago, whatever. And we used to get truckers in from the other side of the country. And they'd always ask me, you know, Hey, where's like your nearest beer distributor? You know, I'd tell them, what are you looking for? And they said, Yingling. I'm like, really? Like Yingling? You know, we just take it for granted here in Pittsburgh and 
Pennsylvania in general and this region, you know, I didn't realize how, how popular it was and how well, good it was in comparison to what the other, you know, the rest of the country got to drink. It's comparable to like a Sam Adams, uh, Boston lager. I like this a lot better, but you know, it's, it's kind of in that realm if, if that's something you're into and you can grab it. I know they're out past, you know, they're in like Texas now Yingling is, um, not sure if they kept going to like California or how far they go, but they definitely up their distribution and everything. So you're able to get it in places you couldn't before. So autos, on the other hand, you got to make the trek to state college, Pennsylvania, and uh, probably walk into the pub, grab a mixer sixer and and that's about it. So, all right. Saw, right? This movie, it, it kicked off like a whole new, you know, kind of idea. Right. This this was this was something that that I hadn't ever really seen before, where you know they had these elaborate traps and and you know ways that it looks like you know the guy that kidnaps them, Jigsaw or John, um, not me, <laughs> uh, that he wants you to be grateful for for what you have, what you take for granted, right? And in doing so, he's a it's a very morbid way and a very dark and twisted way to get you to realize that yes, you had a good life, uh, but you fucked it up <laughs> and we're going to put a bear trap on your face and you have about 60 seconds to get it off before it, you know, snaps your head in half. Oh, by the way, the keys in your fucking roommate's stomach over there and he's still alive and you got to cut it open and get it out. So it gets very dark very quickly, but, um, you know, he, he goes after people that, that don't appreciate what they have and, you know, I think we're all a little guilty of that, right? We're, you know, maybe we do get mad over the dumbest things, but at the end of the day, most of us have it pretty good, I would think. And if you don't, I hope things get better for you. So right off the bat, you're kind of thrown into, I don't know what the fuck's going on here. You know, there's a dude in a bathtub and he like wakes up in his dark room and he's panicking and you see this little like light key, key string, key chain, key string, <laughs> key, <laughs> key chain go down the drain. And you're like, that's, probably you know important but whatever he's trying to you know get his wits about him trying to figure out what's going on all the lights start coming on right it's kind of iconic to like bang bang it's like big dramatic effect and you see that he's not alone in this room there's another man on the other side of the room chained just the same way he is and there's a dead guy in the middle of the floor just laying in a puddle of blood and these two guys i mean put yourself in this situation right like this would be kind of obviously it'd be terrifying, but you know, how did you get here? Are you going to believe the guy on the other side of the room that like, I had nothing to do with this. We're here together and vice versa, you know? And you find out throughout the course of the movie that these guys do have something kind of in common and they are connected in one way, uh, but we'll get there. And so, you know, they start talking about each other and trying to figure out what's going on here. And, um, they noticed that there's a, uh, oh, what the hell was it? Did they pull, hold on, I got to look here. Yeah, they're in this really nasty bathroom. Sorry about this little <laughs> brain fart, guys. I'm trying to know it's a little messy right now. Um, they start finding and looking for like clues, right? Like it's an escape room kind of deal, uh, which I always thought a horror themed escape room would be pretty cool. But um, I haven't done one yet. I want to make it like truly terrifying though. You know, like they have the cage from like Silence of the Lambs. You know, where they put Hannibal Lecter in the middle of it, and then you have to get out of that, but you just have like Leatherface, like rubbing the chainsaw around it, just sparking and scaring the shit out of people. You probably get a lawsuit, but so they start, you know, unlocking clues and trying to look around to figure out why the hell they're there. 
they come across, you know, uh, something in the toilet and our boy, Adam, who is the photographer in this and there's Dr. Gordon on the other side. He is a get it doctor. And they find some saws in there and, and Adam stashes some stuff that he looks and sees and doesn't want Gordon to know about or whatever. And we'll talk about that later in the movie. Frantically trying to get these chains off and everything. They start sawing like crazy, sawing like crazy. And, you know, Adam's breaks and, you know, they're like, damn it, it's not working, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they're in it for the ringer now. But he comes across a cassette tape, right? Like a little tiny recording, a little little recording uh, of whatever. And there's a tape player, but it's by the dead guy. And Adam has to, like, get a little MacGyverish and figure out how to get it and pull it over. And this is where you hear the iconic voice. Now, I think he is one of the greatest villains in the history of horror. Uh, I think he's fantastic. He's I'm going to have to Google other terms other than iconic, but that's what he is. He's iconic. Okay. Um, he's great. He's got such a great voice for it. Such a, it's just so dark and sinister and it just plays so well into all of this. And so he listens, he finds out why he's there. And Dr. Gordon, you know, after hearing this says, I think I know maybe who's doing this to us. So then they jump. This movie's a little more messy than I remember, not gore wise, <laughs> just like how it's kind of spliced together. Like it kind of jumps a little bit. And um I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just it's not as clean as, as I remember it. Let me get a little liquid refreshment here. Oh man, that's such a good beer. I do love Yingling. Um sorry. <laughs> so they jump and we we jump into uh, a couple of uh police officers investigating more of this, well, alleged serial killers crimes. And there's like a dude who's stuck. Like he looks like a marionette cause he got stripped down. Uh, and he has to crawl through this cage of like chains and razor blades and all this stuff. And he ends up, you know, he can't get through cause, uh, well, he bleeds out before he can get to the exit. Cause everything that jigsaw does for the most part is on a timer. So you can't just sit there and really think about it. It's like, you got two minutes to figure this out or you're fucking dead. <laughs> so you have to like really make a, a uncomfortable decision. And uh, then yeah, there's another guy in there. I, is it the same room or is it a different room? I can't remember. Um, where there's a guy, he's like burnt. He's like a fucking, you know, looks like a smoked pork butt by the time he's all done. And he's covered in some flammable liquid and he has to find something on this wall, this like invisible ink or whatever. And all he has is a candle, but he's covered in this like gel that's just super flammable. And Oh, by the way, he has to walk on broken fucking glass uh, while he's looking for these clues. So like this dude is, he turns it up, you know, you, <laughs> if this doesn't make you like, maybe just go to, I don't know if you're Catholic or not, maybe like go to confession and just like, you know, square up with the big guy. <laughs> Uh, like maybe, maybe I'll just live a little bit better life because maybe this motherfucker is out there and real and I don't want to deal with this. So, but the cops are, are looking around for something and they find Dr. Gordon's pen at one of the crime scenes. And so they interrogate him. Danny Glover's in this, but he's, he's kind of a weird role. Everybody in this is, is a little bit of a weird role. The acting is not great. I will admit that. Uh, I think a 24 studios like that uh, have really, I mean, I guess it's called elevated horror for a reason, but you know, they've really, 
it's not just about like the gore and all that. Like you still get that with some of these movies, but like the acting and, and the tone and all this stuff that they set in the movies is like superior to what we had, you know, probably 15 years ago. So anyway, <laughs> um, I kept calling him Candyman cop because well, he ends up getting his like throat sliced and he can't talk really anymore. Well, we'll get there. Um, so he ends up, you know, they interrogate old, uh, old Dr. Gordon. He has an alibi and they briefly introduce Amanda. She's the bear trap chick that I talked about earlier. And she becomes a very integral part of the series going forward. And we'll talk about that. I don't know how many of these I'm going to do, but I'll definitely do two because that one was great. And I might even do three. Um, cause I did really enjoy three, but after that it gets a little like, okay, <laughs> I am, I'm good. I don't need to watch these anymore. Um, but there's just some really cool kills in the third one for sure. So, you know, Gordon has his alibi and they introduce the puppet. I have to, I have to side note and talk to this. Amanda doesn't have a, um, she doesn't have a tape. She has a videotape, like a, like a live, like a, a tube TV comes on and you first see the puppet. You first see, I can't remember what the doll's name is. I always just call him Jigsaw. I know that's not right. It's something else. It's like Bob the doll or something like that. And I was actually him one year for Halloween. Uh, and that was a very fun costume for me. I went and got a suit and, you know, got everything from like the thrift store, just dressed up so I could do whatever I wanted to it. Had the mask, even had a tricycle. Yeah. My fat ass sat on a tricycle for three hours and it literally felt like, well, I'm not going to tell you what it felt like because <laughs> I don't know for sure. But if I had to guess, <laughs> Um, my ass was very, very sore for the next couple of days. So, uh, let that go in your imagination as to why <laughs> my butt might've hurt. Anyway, back to the movie, uh, the psychology begins setting in a little bit with this movie and they start kind of like having some distrust between one another. Adam starts thinking because he knows so much about, you know, this, this jigsaw killer and he was interrogated by him or not interrogated, but he was interrogated by the cops about some of these things, you know, Adam begins to think Gordon's the reason he's here. And that's, well, not entirely true, but also kind of true. So you see that, um, I didn't leave you there. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let's get into this next beer here real quick before I go. So I can recollect. Oh, everybody's favorite sound. We heavy ale. Here we go. These are nice. This is better. Definitely in like the winter time. Like these are these that like dark ale kind of profile. Like it's like roasty, you know, a little malty, a little bitter. Um, it's kind of its own animal, really. Uh, definitely different than, um, you know, some of the other stuff that we've drank on this show. I'm actually going to go run and check on the dogs real quick. So give me two seconds and I will be right back. This is the time for you to go to the bathroom. I need to get some like, like break music so I can do that. That'll be fun. Now that we're playing around with some you know, sound bit. So give me one minute. I'll be back, man. I'm glad I did go and check. <laughs> I had the dogs. We have like a covered back porch and I had them kind of barricaded out there and Louie fucking super Yorkie, uh, jumped over my barricade and he was hanging out in the yard. He couldn't get back over. <laughs> so, uh, don't worry, babe. He's okay. As I, you know, in case you hear this, um, anyway, so now they're, <laughs> they're riled up and now they're corralled in a different room with some noisemakers and everything. So hopefully it doesn't come over on the podcast. Anyway, regardless, that's what podcasting is all about, right? It ain't perfect. It's fun. It's life. Okay. Where the fuck were we? 
<laughs> uh, so these two are basically coming at each other. You know, they're not really understanding what's going on here. Uh, Adam ends up finding, you know, it, he's getting pissy with Gordon. He finds out that there's a, a two-way mirror in the room. So they're being watched and they didn't know this before. Uh, so somebody's really having some fun with them. And we do another jump when he's weird. Like I said, the, the way, the way they, they kind of edited, edited this. Why is that so hard to say? Edited. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the way they did this movie uh, kind of jumps around a little bit. It's a little messy, but they, we show, uh, we see Gordon at his house, Dr. Gordon, and life isn't exactly perfect. And you don't really know why he's just got like a wife and a daughter and he's just doesn't, you know, I guess he's not always home. He's always got something else to do, whether it's like an affair or whatever. He's just not around a lot. It doesn't seem like they, they have a good relationship. Um, and you come to find out that Adam has been for photographing. I almost said photographing, <laughs> photographing. There you go. That's the fucking English language, right? Could you imagine like teaching this to somebody like this is photography, Well, what do you do with them? You photograph them. What? So there's two different pronunciations for the same fucking word. Um, yeah. So <laughs> Adam's been hired as a, essentially a PI, uh, to kind of, you know, keep track of Gordon and do, you know, whatever. And you find out that, uh, Danny Glover, you know, the cop later in the movie, he's the reason behind that. So we don't have to cover that later, but now you guys know you've seen the movie or if you haven't, you got to go check it out. Um, things aren't great. And it kind of goes to this, you know, each character is kind of remembering how did we get here? And they go through their backstory a little more each time. And then eventually you see that they kind of intertwine and somebody's caught Gordon in the act and he's trying, you know, cause he snuck away to a hotel room and this girl was there and he's like, I have to end this. Can't do this anymore. And he gets a phone call for him at the hotel. So he definitely knows somebody's watching him shortly after uh, that's when he's kidnapped by one of the coolest costumes I've ever seen in the parking garage where they have the, uh, the pig, it's so unsettling to look at. Like, oh God, if you saw that in a dark alley or in a parking garage or wherever, you'd be creeped the fuck out because that is a scary, intimidating costume. Um, so the, the cops, uh, again, the movie jumps a little bit. The cops go and they, they follow up on a lead and they think they find where um, Jigsaw is, right? The killer. And pardon me one second. There we go. Sorry, I had to clear my throat. I guess I need some more beer. They find out where he is or where they think he is. Gets in there and he sees all these. It's a very creepy, you know, warehouse and all that stuff. Think of it as uh, Kevin McAllister from Home Alone, like all grown up. You know, when he when the bandits finally come back to the house and everything's already kind of set up. That's very similar to what his hideout is uh there's actually a theory on the web <laughs> that he is uh kevin McAllister, all grown up uh but anyway so they're they're going they find his next victim the cops find his next victim it's danny glover and his partner and they have this little run around with jigsaw they try to get him free jigsaw does this thing where he uh he smacks the the trap to engage it so they have to make a choice are they going to save the guy or are they going to try to kill jigsaw and capture him Jigsaw slices Danny Glover's throat, takes off. They stop the fucking 
the trap from killing the guy. The Asian dude takes off. You think he was the bad guy in rush hour. I think I could be wrong. Um, so he takes off after jigsaw and jigsaw cleverly steps over uh, a little, a little trap wire. And the Asian guy does not see it and uh, gets a shotgun right to the top of the fucking head, exploding his goddamn brains everywhere. And, you know, I think that's our uh, kill of the week. <laughs> so many to choose from in this. And, but that's my favorite because <laughs> I actually, you don't really see too many deaths in this movie. You kind of see the aftermath more than anything. Um, so yeah, I guess that's going to be our kill of the week. That's my that was a, the coolest kill, and that's the one that stuck out to me the most. Um, so we keep going, and Danny Glover sees that his his partner's dead. He ends up getting estranged from all of this stuff, and I guess he gets kicked out of the uh, kicked out of the the police academy, and that's why he started you know kind of privately tracking Jigsaw because. He's following Dr. Gordon because he, he's convinced that this guy, it has something to do with it. Um, even though he never, I don't think they ever showed his face because like, he always has this like bathrobe on. Like he looks like fucking Darth, whatever from fucking star Wars, the emperor Palpatine. And cause you can't ever see his face. So he's just kind of walking around all hobble cause he got, you know, whatever disease and everything. So again, it jumps back to the two guys in the bathroom. And they're going through clues, going through clues. Now X marks the spot and more distrust. How did you know that the X would do that? He's, I don't know. I just guessed. Finds out Adam's been holding out on him and he, you know, he goes in, Gordon goes in through the X. There's a, a telephone in there and there's like cigarettes and all this stuff. And Jigsaw's game is, is you know, kind of ramping up here a little bit. The phone doesn't dial out. It only dials in. He wants to give a cigarette to Adam. And there's a note that says, Give this to him. It'll kill him and I will free you. So, I mean, imagine yourself in that situation. You know, do you do that? Do you trust that that will happen to you? And you're in this, this situation currently. And if all you have to do is kill that guy across the room, you know, and you'll be safe and your family will be safe. You know, would you do it? Or would you both try to get out? Would, you know, and how much trust do you have in that guy? You know, will Will he reciprocate? Well, he, if he has the opportunity to kill you to get ahead, do you? It's really interesting kind of psychological take on all that, um, that you have to have a lot of faith in, in a guy you don't know <laughs> who was just, you know, kind of creeping on you in your life for a couple, uh, you know, past couple days or weeks or whatever it was. So let's get another sip of beer here. Yeah, that'd be way better. Oh, it's getting, it's getting better as it warms up. That'd be a much nicer beer in the wintertime, though, I think. Not that it's bad now. It's just, you know, it's hard to really enjoy, like, a, a nice, roasty, rich kind of um, beer when it's 85 degrees outside in August. <laughs> Definitely not a back porch summer beer, that's for sure. Uh, it Summer night, maybe, but not, not middle of the day, no. Um, so we're getting a little closer to the end here, and... They come up with this plan, Gordon and Adam do, that he's going to, quote, Gordon's going to kill him with a cigarette. And Adam falls over and he dies. And it's really dramatic and bad. And Carrie Yules, who's Dr. Gordon, you're the guy from like Twisper, Twist, what the hell is a Twisper? Twister, <laughs> Princess Bride, Robin Hood Men in Tights, you know, he's been in all these movies. This was like an 
I, I don't know what James Wan told him to do, but like this is his worst acting job, I think, because he's just so overly dramatic about everything. <laughs> but whatever, man. Uh, I don't know if it's the writing or if it was just him having an off day or what it was, but um, Adam fakes his death and Gordon starts looking at the camera saying, hey, look, I did it. I killed him. Let me go. Well, Jigsaw thought of that one. <laughs> those 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 chains that are around them are live. They got, they got electricity going and they test that theory and shock the fuck out of Adam. <laughs> so, uh, that's, you know, that theory is done. So you can't, you can't really, uh, you're not gonna be able to do that one. All right, here we go. Come on. Ah, this movie, it gets a little kind of not dull in the middle, but I definitely lost a little bit of interest. Um, and I remember, you know, this part in particular, I'm like, this, this is not what I remember it. It's, it's kind of, like I said, it's messy. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't flow right. And then we start getting to where we're heading. We start getting towards the end of this movie here. And we find out that, well, there was a, an encounter earlier in the movie. There's a lot of like foreshadowing, you know, and it's not as big of a mystery as you would think it would be. You're like, yeah, I, I kind of seen that one coming, <laughs> except the very end. And we'll talk about that. That was the best twist of all. Gordon gets a call on that phone and he hears that it's his family. And it's this dude that worked with him at the hospital that was actually, you know, everybody's connected. This Jigsaw had like cancer or something. And then Zepp, who is the dude that now has his family hostage. He's now... He worked at the hospital and he was caring for John or Jigsaw or whatever. And it's just this weird, you know, cycle of everybody just kind of intertwined and all that stuff. It's kind of complex and, and pretty cool. But I just think it could have been, I don't know, delivered a little better, maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being too picky. But then again, I think the folks down at Rotten Tomatoes have my back on that one because it's only 50%. So, but anyway, you find out that, that Zepp has Gordon's family. And he's trying to do everything he can to uh, save his own life. <laughs> um, his wife fights back. They get away. Turns out Danny, Glo Danny Glover, Candyman cop, um, has been surveying. Yeah, he's been watching Gordon's place because he thinks that he's he's onto something. So he has these cameras set up and he's got like a live stream video like 24-7 apparently. And he starts seeing like the the flashbang or the flash from the gunshots going off in the house and he takes off and he goes over saves the day ends up chasing this zep dude uh out of the house and jumps in the car and they follow him there's a weird chase scene where it's just like a car rocking back and forth in front of a fog machine and it's supposed to be them like driving so i'm kind of curious just to see what the budget was for this movie because it, it didn't look like it was a lot but obviously the later episodes got a lot bigger budget because it did take off and anyway so they, they lead him to what you think is Jigsaw's place. And uh, Danny Glover meets his end, not having a good time. Zep runs and gets to the room. Well, starts to anyway. Phone's ringing off the hook off the hook it's a fucking cellular device my god <laughs> the phone starts ringing and ringing and ringing 
Gordon's freaking out because he heard his wife just screaming and fighting for her life and her daughter, his daughter and all this stuff. Starts getting a little crazy. And the movie starts getting really chaotic, right? Like very busy. There's a lot of noise going on. It's, it's kind of hard to focus. It's just very, you know, kind of uncomfortable that there's just so much going on at one time. And this is why I guess what they call the crescendo. Um, I hope I use that term right now and sound like an idiot there. <laughs> anyway, Gordon finally gives in. He said, these saws aren't for these, aren't for the chains. He wants us to cut our feet off. And that's what he fucking does. Adam's saw is broken because he had a hissy fit and broke it. So he just starts cutting. He starts cutting and cutting and cutting and cutting. Fucking all the way off. Slides over. Pulls himself over to the dead guy in the middle of the floor. Grabs the gun. Shoots at him. He says, fine. I've finally done it. Let me out of here. Zep comes into the room. He says, it's too late. It's too late. You missed your chance. Goes to get shot. Oh, Gordon goes to shoot Zep. Sorry. Adam's still alive. Takes him down. Beats his fucking face in with the top of a toilet tank. <laughs> Kills him. Then there's this weird kind of moment where they have this like, you know, the ending of Titanic where like they're kind of floating on the door <laughs> and, uh, you know, Rose and Jack are there and they're like freezing to death and eventually he falls in the water. He crawls over, Gordon crawls over with his like fucking, you know, no foot leg now to Adam and says, it's going to be okay. I shot you in the shoulder. It's non-lethal. I'm going to get somebody and come back for you. He's like, please don't leave me. And it's this like super dramatic fucking moment. So Gordon, with his massive blood loss, keeps army crawling out of the fucking room. Adam's sitting there and he's wondering, you know, what's going to happen here? How am I going to get out of this? The biggest twist of them all. The guy in the middle of the floor who's out of focus because they're focusing on Adam right now. Stands up. He was alive the whole time. It's Jigsaw. It's the guy behind all of this stuff. He was there. The whole, my mouth fucking dropped the first time I saw that. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. He fuck, wow, wow. He's just always one step ahead. He's always one step ahead. Takes off his makeup, like his prosthetic, like bullet hold of the head. Turns around and pretty much says, you know, you had your chance. But time is up. And that's it. Such a great fucking reveal. He slams the door shut. You know, that's it. Game over. Game's, game's done. For now. And that's that's Saw. So it's a little bit of a of a messy movie and in the, the review, I try to keep it, you know, as, as best I could talking to, you know, some of these key points and everything, but it does jump around a lot and it like, doesn't, it, it needed like maybe another 15 minutes to really like fit all the storyline, maybe another 20 minutes or so to fit like another, the storyline that it wanted to maybe just give it a little bit more, you know, a little bit more substance. And I know that I say that it doesn't always have to be a two and a half hour movie, but 
when you're trying to put this much cram this much stuff into one movie, you know, you kind of need to explain it a little better, I think, or just give it, you know, I don't, I didn't really care about the characters at all. Um, I'm just like, yeah, whatever they're going to die. And this is, this is cool. Overall though. I mean, this is, this is such a, a popular film. It's, it set the standard and, and kicked off a franchise and, and launched this dude into superstardom. Um, I don't know how many movies he did before this. Um, but I do remember that this was one of his, his big ones. And after that, you know, the conjuring came out insidious that, you know, the nun dead silence, like all these cool fucking movies came out after this. And uh, this was this was good. It was a fun revisit. I'm looking forward to seeing Saw 2. I do remember enjoying that one a lot better. Uh, so that one will probably get a higher rating for me. But just, just you know, I mean, this is this is a legendary film in, in the modern horror, uh, you know, catalog. It's a probably eight, eight and a half out of ten for me. You know, I don't, uh, I didn't hate it. I didn't overly love it, but I do respect it. Let's put it that way. So yeah, but let's put it at eight, put it eight out of 10, not eight and a half. Uh, the ending was fun. That redeemed it a little bit, probably bumped it up about a point, point and a half or half a point. Uh, cause up until then, like I said, it just, it just felt kind of clunky and, and kind of, you know, hard to really get invested in. It just jumps around so much. It goes like into the past, into the future, into the you know current time. But there's like three different pasts. You know, it's like the fucking Spidey in the multiverse. There's like so much stuff going on and it's kind of hard to follow along a little bit. Um, it just could have been a little cleaner. But overall, you got to respect it. Jigsaw is a fucking icon. Yes, I'm going to say, all right, I promise you guys, this is my vow to you. I will find a new goddamn word to use next week. What that movie is going to be, I don't know. Um, it might be now that I, I can download some, some soundtracks. Um, maybe it'll be exorcism of Emily Rose. If I can figure out how to get some of those real life, uh, sounds from, uh, Annalise Michelle. That's what that movie's based off of a uh, young college student back in the seventies in Germany. Uh, and the sounds of her are truly fucking terrifying to hear. Uh, and I'll even put, we'll do a little segment. I'll put in some, uh, recorded like documented, uh, behavior from her. And it walks the line of, you know, mental health because mental health in the 70s wasn't really a thing. Nobody really gave a shit. Um, so was was she possessed? Was she actually possessed? Or was it just mental health? You know, we don't know. Regardless, hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Um, thank you again uh, for all the support. This is awesome. Um, we're at minute 35. I will wrap it up here. Um, I got some st- statistics. Jesus Christ statistics back on on our listenership and everything and we're really starting to grow here this is this is fun stuff um just this dumb little project that i had is is starting to turn into something we were number 81 on apple podcast in our our category what like i thought this was just going to be something stupid that i did for a couple weeks and a couple of my friends would listen to and whatever and then i'd be sending shit out into the ether and nobody would ever fucking listen to it people are listening so thank you thank you for the continued support um, if you guys do want to send beer, right, feel free to e- uh, reach out to me and email and I'll give you an address to send it to. Uh, I will review it and I'll give it an honest review. Um, if not, I'll keep supplying myself with my own beer. Um, but if you really love me, you'll, you'll ask me for my, my, the address to send the beer to, <laughs> uh, anyways, that'll be little hops of horrors at gmail.com. So yeah, feel free to reach out or jump on the Facebook, send me a message on there, jump on the Instagram, send me a message on there, you know, whatever. Um, if you guys have a chance, 
rate, review, follow, anything like that. All that stuff helps get us up into uh, into some higher ratings. And I know that like literally every podcast tells you to do that. If you do, cool. If not, no big deal. I ain't gonna hold it against you. I might. But anyway, uh, hope you guys had a good uh, had a good time. Have a good weekend. And without further ado. Cheers.